Hi, welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Alana here with Jamie. How's it going, Jamie? It's going. It's going and very well. Fall yeah. has decided to uh, to come back here. It was winter for a while and now fall mm-hmm. has come back. I love it. <laughs> yeah, we're having a really cold, windy day. Mm-hmm. Um, I can handle cold if it's like dry cold with no wind. It's not too bad, but this wind, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Right, because you guys get colder, much faster and yeah. more extreme here. We're in more Anchorage, extreme than you yeah. Anchorageites. Yeah. We're we... more extreme, but you're way cooler. I mean, like we are so literally, <laughs> I see what you did there. All right. Well, we've got a coffee break episode for people today. These are where you send in your topics for us to discuss I feel like starting with a disclaimer, I'm recording in a new office because we recently moved. So if the sound is weird or our internet's slow, it's, it's not us. <laughs> it's just that we're getting settled in. So I feel like, I feel like a total newbie. I feel like, since this is our first episode that you and I have recorded together in this new office, like, I feel like I have no idea what's going on. So if it's well, a and in a while, started, like we haven't recorded episodes in regularly in a while, we kind of mm-hmm. stocked up and then we took yeah. breaks and yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had back to school stuff. And then our family's been super busy moving. Thankfully, we're getting really well settled. But yeah, it has been a while. Yeah, I'm glad you and I got our chance to just chat yesterday, because otherwise we'd be like on the recording wanting to catch up with each other's lives. I know, boring everyone with all the, you know, incorporating extremely personal things into public forum. All righty. So what are we chatting about today? Well, so we got this question that I interpreted the same way as you did at first too. And I, I think this might be what she's getting at. So it was from Gracie who the message started off with, may I make an odd request? She said, I babysit my down syndrome nephew. He's two years old and likes quirky sounds like heels or shoes, popping, tapping, dropping, etc." Could you incorporate or include that in future episodes, please? Thanks. And I did email Gracie back and I said, so do you want us to you know, have a show that kind of addresses how to pray for caregivers of kids with special needs. And she said, yes, but we both think that also maybe Gracie wanted us to incorporate some of these noises into our podcast so that as she's listening with her two-year-old nephew, that maybe he would enjoy it too. So what kind of cool noises could we make at the beginning? I'm looking around at all the stuff by me. All right. So I am now, um, the Foley artist. Is that how you say it? Foley? Like the, the sounds, creators like in old radio shows I think that's what it's called oh yeah I don't know have you ever seen them at work it's so fun um Scott and I went to an actual show where it was like watching a live radio production I right? love like, that that like, was the show and yeah, so that's like fun the, they had this sound artist I think it's called a foley artist like doing all the sound effects like <laughs> my favorite was there was a train going by And I mean, she's got like this, like 10 foot long table of props. So the train goes by and she takes a box of just regular, like craft macaroni and cheese, holds it up to the microphone and like shakes it and like, Oh, neat. And it's always (laughs) stuff that you would not expect, you know, that you would would think there are certain things and yeah, Mm -hmm. no, I didn't know the name Mm -hmm. for it, but I, I find that pretty cool to watch. Okay. So bear with us. This is just for Gracie and her, is it her nephew? Yes, her nephew. All right, Gracie and nephew. Um, I have a measuring tape because we're still moving in, and I have some plant tape, and I'm going to go. 
riding my horse to do my podcast thing. All right. That's I my like that. That was pretty good. Your <laughs> mic for a second, your mic decided that that was too loud and like oh, down regulated, but it came back. <laughs> it's it's a smart mic. All right. Do I you wonder, have a contribution? We could, we could do some like tapping of the mic. Like, could you hear that? Or did my mic decide? <laughs> you said the exact same thing. Like I heard the very first couple taps and then your mic was like, nah, this doesn't need to be recorded. What about like, like uh, the noise that you make when you're calling a horse or an animal? Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. All That's right. a good noise. All right. Well, I feel like there my, my Foley art is officially drained. I am so. definitely not gifted in that area or educated. So right. I, yeah, I, I think we did our very best, but it's the yes. thought that counts, Gracie. And God yes. bless you for loving your nephew and taking great care of him. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we are, just in case y'all are wondering, we are going to talk about how to pray for caregivers of kids with special needs, whether it's parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles, teachers, babysitters, whatever, Mm -hmm. just how, how we can uplift the people that are caring for these kids with special needs. Yeah. And not to bring us way, way down after having fun, making like cute sound effects for this adorable little baby. Um, But I feel like Scott and I have talked to the kids about this because they don't regularly encounter people with Down syndrome. And we will talk to them. We'll be like, you know, when dad and I were in school, like every classroom, it seemed like it was more common or, you know, you'd go to the grocery store and on a a weekly basis. And like, like I said, I apologize for bringing it down, but I feel like it's really important to address. It truly does seem in a way like there's a genocide going on. And I hope I'm not being too horrific and extreme here, but I don't know, especially if you're a younger listener, or if you have young kids who didn't grow up just seeing people with Down syndrome, it's part of day-to-day life. I think it's important to remember. And, and the reason I, I use the term genocide in case anybody's unaware is because Many women now, when they find out they are carrying a Down syndrome baby, will have an abortion. And, you know, and that's why this entire kind of like subset of the population has been wiped out. I don't know. I I feel terrible for bringing it to that point. I just wanted to address it, though. Jamie's phone agrees. (laughs) It's giving its amen. I forgot. I forgot to turn off the ringer. Sorry it about has that, guys. been. It's been. Do you think it's been a full month? It's probably been a month since we've recorded. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So so everybody can can bear with us. So again, my apologies. Maybe we need to go back to just a couple more cute animal sounds in order to, to lighten the mood. But maybe as we pray to open the show, we can just remember that too. And as as heavy as that initial topic is and maybe we need to send Gracie a warning <laughs> like sorry Gracie we're, we're making cute sounds to your nephew and then we're diving into this like horribly heavy topic but I also want to just remind everybody listening that if you do go through testing which is pushed now and you do get a diagnosis and your doctors are saying something like you know this baby is not going to survive or things like I just I want us to remember yes it's in a way it's a black and white issue, but it's also a complicated, very mm-hmm. heavy, very uh, personal issue. So I, I just want to mention that too. Um, it's easy to 
sit on a high horse when you're not yes. the pregnant woman with uh, carrying a child with very complicated health issues. So I just, anyway, man, should we just start over and go back to Foley arts? <laughs> I, no, I think it's a conversation that needs to be had. I'm glad you said what you did because we, we could have listeners who have made the choice to terminate a pregnancy mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. of Down syndrome. And and that yeah. person needs to also hear that. Oh yeah. There's, there's love for you. There there's is love for grace. you. Yeah. There is grace mm-hmm. for you that, that it is a very uh, painful situation. And there's mourning for sure. You know, even, yeah, there's, yeah. So, so heavy. So, so complicated. Um, let's dive into prayer and kind of retain this. Yeah. Time. Well, before I do that, I want to just yeah. point to an episode that we had with Shauna Amick from Joni and Friends. Um, for Johnny, uh, I always say Joni, it's Johnny, Johnny, Johnny Erickson Erickson Tata. Tata. Mm-hmm. Um, from Johnny and Friends. It was episode 83. And Ooh, going way back in the vault. It is. And uh, she shared her story uh, about basically when she received a, um, the news that she had, uh, that, that her baby had down syndrome and a life-threatening heart defect. Mm -hmm. And it's her story. She did carry her baby to term and her baby is uh, healthy and happy and uh, is, is kind of a mascot for Johnny and friends. She's just, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone loves Mm -hmm. her. She has some real challenges. Um, but she just, you know, uh, Shauna talks about her choice and how that happened, but she also talks about how difficult that choice was, how heartbreaking Mm -hmm. the situation was. So if you do find yourself in that situation, or if you have been, and you, you might want to to find encouragement through Shauna's story, or just to know that someone else has gone through something similar that you've gone through. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Another really good plug. And I think at one point we had talked about doing an interview with, I believe her name is Amy um, and her husband's the, one of the singers of Sayla. Yeah. And their story is similar. Um, it wasn't down syndrome, but basically they knew that their child was not going to survive, you know, more than right. a couple hours. <laughs> Sorry about that. Where, like, like I was telling Jamie, when we paused, um, my son's room is directly above my office. And so we needed to find a way for him to practice his guitar that wasn't directly above. Okay. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, we were talking about, um, the oh, resource Amy. Uh, so, yeah, yeah Amy. her book is I will carry you. Their story is their baby wasn't expected to even necessarily survive the birth experience. Like I think they had less than a day before the baby passed, but the, the memoir is called I will carry you. They wrote a song by the same name, which to date I've never listened to, <laughs> even though I love Sayla. Um, but that's another, another one that could be quite encouraging. All right. Let's go ahead and pray for the episode. <laughs> what is going on with us I today? No, I don't know. I kicked the trash can that has been in the same place ever since the inception <laughs> of this office, you know, and anyway, who knows, who knows? All it's right. a noisy kind of podcast. Hey, you know what? hey it's for Gracie. So I was going to say for her nephew. <laughs> Gracie's nephew is going to enjoy the base. He's going to enjoy the kicking exactly. of the trash can. He's going to love it all. I, doorbell. Should have, I, I was going to say that I should have one of my kids go ring the doorbell. So we get the doorbell sounds. We get the dog barking sounds. Yeah. Like I'm I not going to yeah, edit this out is that all doorbell for ring. 
right. All righty. Let's well, pray. Let's pray. <laughs> What's going on now? I just, sorry. It was my headphones. All right, Lord, we just thank you for this day. Thank you for this time where we can talk about how to support and pray for the caregivers of children with special needs. Lord, I just feel burdened to lift up anyone listening who has had, um, who, who has terminated a pregnancy because of, of a birth defect. Lord, I just, I pray that you would um, just pour out your love and your peace and your comfort on that woman. I know that it has to be uh, such a tremendous loss. There has to be so much grief and pain. And I just, I pray God that you would bring healing to that woman. Now in Jesus name, I pray that you would relieve her of shame or guilt or um, condemnation that the enemy might throw at her. And I just pray that you would give her an assurance that you are with her and, and that her child is with you and, um, and that they will meet again. Lord, we just lift up this time to you and pray that you would give us words and direct our conversation to encourage and, and uplift caregivers of kids with special needs. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So having raised special need child ourselves, I have a couple questions that I kind of know are on the forefront of some people's minds that I I would love to start out with. One of them has to do with, okay, so what if you do not have special needs in your family, but you are out and about, you see somebody in public, there's kind of an obvious disability. What do you do? Do you mention it? What do you do Like if you're a parent with kids and your kids are like, mom, why is that person in a wheelchair or -hmm. something? Um, And then I also want to make sure that we chat about, because this is something that I thought about for a really long time, is how does salvation work with somebody who doesn't have the cognitive ability to understand the gospel Mm -hmm. in its entirety? So in addition to like prayers for caregivers, those are some things that I would love to chat about too. Yeah. So first off, when, when you're out and about and you see somebody in public, like to be fair, you can pull a hundred different parents of special needs kids and be like, do you want people to say something? Do you not want people to say something? Is there a white right way to address things? It's going to be totally different for every single situation. Um, sometimes I think that some parents prefer a direct approach like the story that I heard and and even now like me having been kind of programmed to be kind of polite and demure this this story like it gets me so I have a friend she's my age but when she was a kid she was standing in line and in front of them in line was a a little person with dwarfism. And she was young enough. She had never seen somebody before who looked like that. And she asked loud enough for everybody in earshots to hear. She said, mommy, why does that kid have a beard? And what would you do? You're the mom. What would you do? Mm. (laughs) Mm. 
Um, and we yeah. have a long pause. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to think. I mean, I I guess I would, and it, I guess it would depend if that person turned around. Like okay. if the person made eye contact, I would say, I'm sorry. I would apologize. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. If the person wasn't listening, I would like just, no, <laughs> no, I would do the, um, like, I, I think I would just be truthful quietly. Like, I think mm-hmm. I would, or, you know, but, or just say, um, we'll talk about it in a minute or yeah. something like that. I would be, my inclination would be like, Shh, don't say that. We'll talk about it in the car. Right. And that, I, that actually has happened. We have a family okay. in the area that, um, the father and two of the children have dwarfism and we'll mm-hmm. see them in the mm-hmm. store sometimes. And the first time mm-hmm. we saw them, I just remember, um, our kids, one of the kids saying something somewhat loudly, but not loudly enough. I don't think for them Mm -hmm. to hear, but Mm -hmm. I did the, hold on, we'll talk about it in a second. And then went far away. So I could explain. Yeah. But I think it's different if the person turns around, it's always helpful when the person themselves is like there and cool with it because they're used to it and, Mm -hmm. and able Mm -hmm. to say to the child, that's okay. I have dwarfism, but that usually probably mm-hmm. doesn't happen. And, right. and, and you should never expect that someone should have to do that. I mean, can you, you imagine yeah. how Every many time times in, in public, a given day? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, <laughs> so what my friend's mom did, um, which I admire because it, it just feels, it's so different from what I would do. She says, well, why don't you go ask him? <laughs> oh. And so she did. And the man ended up being polite. He was not offended by that. And I could see how, especially if you're talking about an adult, you yeah. know, cause this, this individual was right. sometimes just being direct. Like my husband has very severe psoriasis. So when, when he's wearing shorts, um, everybody can see that he has psoriasis. And so he prefers the, the, you know, quote, rude little kid who comes up and says, what's on your legs. Right. Then the adults who are kind of like trying to make it look like they're not noticing, but they're obviously noticing and like uncomfortable, like, does this person have a disease I'm going to get? So sometimes being direct helps sometimes like I know for me, I would not want to be stopped wherever I went. Like there was a while where whenever we took Silas out as a baby, we had to carry a lot of equipment with us. There Mm. were times where he was on an oxygen mask. So, I mean, it is noticeable. You see a baby with an oxygen, you know, cannula taped to their face and the mom's wheeling around an oxygen tank. You're going to notice that. Yeah. For me, I preferred to like, you, you're going to get this, like the sympathetic mom nod. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Where it's just kind of a, I see you, Mo- motherhood's hard, keep at it. And that's all it is. It's the eye contact, the quick little smile or nod, and then you go on your way. <laughs> like To be honest, that's what I preferred the most. Yeah. My husband was a little different. Like once we were at breakfast and Silas had his oxygen mask on and right behind us, this older man turned around and he said, oh, does your baby have, and then he named some syndrome that I don't even remember what he said. Mm-hmm. And, and Scott said, no, it's actually this and that and that. Well, it turns out this guy had been like some kind of doctor. I think at one point he'd even worked in a NICU. So mm-hmm. like he okay. knew what he was talking about. And, and Scott liked that because we can have a conversation. Like, obviously you notice that my baby's got an oxygen mask on. So right. let's have a chat about it. But to be fair, I think that every family and every parent, and even like based on what 
you know, what's going on that day. Like if I'm having a day where I just want to barf all over somebody because life is so stressful, maybe I would be okay with a very sympathetic, like, is your baby okay? Whereas like, if I'm in a hurry and we're like, we're going from here to here, to here, to here, like, I don't want to And you're already exhausted and sleep deprived and hanging by a thread. Yeah. So honestly, like if your question is, how do I respond when I see someone out in public with a child with obvious, um, you know, health needs or cognitive disorder or something, honestly, the sweet smile, hey, I see you. That goes a long way. And then maybe just train yourself kind of like, you know, a lot of Christians make a habit when you see the ambulance, you pray for whatever's going on, Yeah, you know, pray for that parent. Sometimes that's all you need. Sometimes, especially if you've got kids with you and your kids are like, what's going on? What's this? Uh, You might need a little bit, you know, you can be more direct, like my friend's mom. It's something that you can talk about. Like, I think if it were me, if, if, if I was in the store with Silas and a little kid said, mom, why is that baby wearing a mask? I would not want to be the one to have to explain in like little five-year-old language, what's going on with my sick kid. So in that case, like I probably would be okay with, well, it, here's, here's the answer that would have meant the most to me. Like if I overheard this whole conversation, mom, why does that baby look like that? Oh, well, he probably needs extra medicine. Right. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, he probably, um, he needs this to stay healthy. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's very simple. Yeah. 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 Yep. Hey, so yeah, the, the guitar is now ceased, um, as a, as a happy spoiler alert, people don't know that is actually Silas who's playing guitar. He's, he's wonderfully healthy and doing great now, but yeah, we had a a really long go of it. And, and so that would be my thought, like the, um, the kindness and compassion without me needing to take the energy to explain my entire son's medical history to a stranger, (laughs) That, that goes pretty far. Oh, here's a story though. Here's, here's a story of somebody who brought something up that I did appreciate. We were at the beach. Silas was, he must've been like, I don't know, four or five. So he's just wearing his swim trunks and he had been on a feeding tube. So the feeding tube wasn't in, but you could see the scar. He's got a scar on his abdomen. That's a very unique scar. If you have a kid with, um, who had had a G tube, you recognize the scar. And so a mom came up to me and I forget exactly what she said. I think it was something like, oh, another G-tube kid. (laughs) And, and so it turned out like, I think she had had a preemie who had been on the G-tube for a year or two. So her kid also had the same scar in that sense. We, we did, it was like a veteran swap and war story, right? Because we knew (laughs) that we had gone through the same thing. The energy, at least for me, the energy it takes to start with a parent who's never gone through anything, even Mm -hmm. remotely related to what we went through and explain the entire thing. And also because I'm empathetic, I want to make sure that I'm not making you sad. So like, in addition to telling you my entire son's medical history, I'm going to be worried that you're not feeling scared or sad for him. So I'm taking on responsibility for your emotional well-being. That's that's too much energy to ask from a stranger. That's a lot. It is. And I just wonder if, you know, as parents, this kind of reminds me to maybe have another conversation every once in a while, just have the conversation with your kids. If you see someone that looks different, Mm-hmm. you can ask questions to me, but don't do it when that person's right there and mm-hmm. be very careful not to say it out loud. If you have questions, pull me aside mm-hmm. later. And, and, you know, yeah. I, that's just kind of how, I mean, and mm-hmm. I don't know, that's, that's maybe one way to go about it. Yeah. 
But again, I would never do the, why don't you go ask him in the grocery store? That's not my style. No, no, probably not. But like, uh, yeah, but, but in a way, maybe, maybe in certain circumstances, it worked for that individual, but, but not, not every day and definitely not to a mom with a baby that is Mm -hmm. obviously got her hands full anyway. (laughs) And if you do feel the need to initiate, like what's wrong with your kid is never the way to do it. (laughs) Um, There are other things like if, if, you know, let's say that like when you and I met Silas was still on the feeding tube. Mm -hmm. Did you notice that right away? Like how long did it take you to realize because he was a good probably question about, because he must he, have been three or four. Right. So he had the backpack that he wore all the okay, time. Okay. Right? So he was probably four. Yeah. Four or so was when he got the backpack for his G2. Yeah. And I just don't like, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of it. Like if I even yeah. noticed at first or right. if it was a, I don't, I don't even remember actually. I don't remember either how that came um, about, but let's say that like, you've gotten to know somebody, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's obvious that their, their child has some kind of special needs, whether that's physical or cognitive or things like that. Um, what's wrong with your kid? Isn't, is it the way to go? No. So let's see, I'm trying to think. So I've just met Jamie. We've hit it off. We're doing well. Um, she sees me pulling out this funky medical equipment and switching my son's G tube. And so maybe even just like, um, Oh, so I see your son's getting some medicine or something like, tell me about this equipment, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, like, what is that? What, what, what is are, that? What is, is that better like than that? what's wrong with your kid right. <laughs> or, you know, or even like, um, I think what's, what's sometimes also ineffective is when you, you don't want to hurt someone's feelings. And so you pretend like you don't notice at all. Right. Right. Like that's that's a little, a conundrum. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you can be polite, but like when you notice something, you notice something. Mm -hmm. Um, so you could say, Hey, um, yeah. What, what is that medical equipment you're carrying? What's that for? Or how does that help your kid mm-hmm. or, or something like that? Now, when it's something that it's not a physical thing and it's just like, um, you know, more of a conflict, you've got a four-year-old who only uses sign language and grunting mm-hmm. or something. That's a little bit harder because, you know, you, you can't point out, Hey, what's this, what's up with this feeding tube. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So at that point, let me tell you a story about a special assignment that I loved. So Silas was maybe like six months old. We had specialists in and out of our lives, like crazy that first year. And there was only one that stands out because the very first question she asked me was, tell me something that your son can do really well. Mm-hmm. And my very first inclination was like, uh-huh. and then my second inclination was God bless you for focusing on what he can. And, and at mm. that point, all I could say is, well, you know, he has learned how to maintain eye contact and, but, you know, to focus on that. So in the case of the, you know, the four-year-old who uses sign language and grunts, you don't say what your kid can't talk. You say, wow, how many signs does your kid know? Right. Um, That's or great advice. Does your, does your whole family know sign language, right? Stuff like that. And then you can use your discernment. Some moms are going to want to talk about it because 
parenting in and of itself is lonely and social, um, social media parenting, what am I, special needs parenting, social media parenting. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> that's a whole other episode. Special needs parenting can be extremely isolating. So, you know, asking questions with an emphasis on, um, not what's wrong with your kid, but like, Oh, tell me, like, I see that your kid, um, uses, this iPad device for talking, that's pretty cool. When did he learn how to do that, right? Focusing on the things that the, the kid does well, while you're not ignoring the fact that, yes, you've obviously noticed that there's an impairment there. I think that can that can be really useful too. And then just, just know when to stop pushing it. You'll know by that other mom's reaction if she, if she needs somebody to talk to mm-hmm. or if she's like, yeah, this is how he talks, right? Okay, she's, that's fine. Change the subject. You can move on to something else. Right. So Mm -hmm. I have a question. What would you say of like, I could just, let's, let's say that mom in the grocery store with the baby, with all of the equipment, you know, how Mm -hmm. you're exhausted, you're emotionally, spiritually, physically spent. How would you have responded if someone in the grocery store had come up to you and said, can I pray for your baby? Mm. Or can I pray for you? Would that be just a really bad thing to do? I okay. Think, that's good to know that someone doesn't I mean, like it. Cause that means other me people t- don't like that. <laughs> well, it's, it's case specific and it's me specific. Some people yeah. I think would like that for me, first of all, I don't know you. I don't know your theology. Right. I that's true. That's right? true. Like, that's I met true. this lady. She had just mm. met us. Silas was about five by then. And she came, she was a Christian, but her back, you know, her philosophy was any illness is of the devil. Mm-hmm. And anytime you want to claim perfect healing, you can do that. And if you don't get healing, it's because you don't have enough faith. We all know mm-hmm. Christians like that. Sure. She knelt down, looked my son in the eye and said, Silas, it, we had just met, like she knew his name. <laughs> mm-hmm. She said, Silas, I want you to say something after me. I want you to say, Jesus heals me. God bless him. Do you know what? Have I told you this story? You have, but I don't remember the punchline. It was something he, very profound. He said, I don't want to. <laughs> that was it. And God bless him because that was not her place. Mm-mm. She did not know his history. The facts, the the underlying tone, really some some Christians do give off the vibe of, well, if your kid's sick, it's because you haven't prayed hard enough, mm-hmm. you know. Um So I wouldn't want someone like that praying for my kid. I also wouldn't want somebody from, you know, a a totally different faith praying for my kid. So for me, that would be a hard no, but let me tell you the one time that it was like, yes, please. So Mm -hmm. I had to call, um, like the after we all, we all know what it's like. If you're a mom, you know what it is like, call the, the after care. Oh yeah. After hours care. It's a a triage ordeal because you talk (laughs) to a triage person. And then if you pass that, you talk to a nurse. And then if you pass that, you get to talk to the doctor. Like Mm -hmm. eventually Silas's pediatrician gave us her personal cell phone number. So we didn't have to go through that. But at one point I'm on the call with, um, I had gotten past triage. I was talking to a nurse and she was so sweet. She had this like sweet Southern accent. <laughs> like I only know her voice, but it reminds me of, um, in my books, the Kennedy novels, like who Sandy would be just yeah. like so sweet, so mothering, so mm. nurturing. When I explained what was going on, she was so compassionate. Oh, bless his little heart. Like, I think it was, that he, um, he hadn't been keeping fluids down. Like he hadn't peed all day. Mm. She's like, 
bless his little heart. You must be so worried. I'm going to oh. add him to my prayer list. Oh my do you gosh. Want me to, I, I know this isn't what we're supposed to do, but do you want me to like, I won't use his name, but do you want me to ask some of my friends to be praying? That was what I needed at that time. There would be other times where I'm like, please just let me talk to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't call you for prayer. So honestly, right. there's, there's a time and a place. And I don't think we're always going to know the time and the place, but please just be, be considerate. Not sometimes when you ask to pray for somebody, it's automatically condescending. I was just going to say, it could be Mm -hmm. like, I'll pray for you because Mm -hmm. you obviously need it. When there could be a situation with a mom, with baby, with equipment that the mom's like, I'm okay. Really? Like, I don't, I don't need that right now. My baby's actually doing really well. Thanks. Yeah. I, I wouldn't do the, like, I just see you and, and it's also making a ton of assumptions, right? You see a mom in in a baby in a wheelchair, for example, you stop her and say, Oh, can I pray for you? The automatic assumption is I see that you're suffering. You must be miserable. Mm -hmm. Let me try to easier. You know, there's, there's the kind of this, it, yeah. Condescension there. So yeah, I would, for me, I don't, I don't make it a habit to ask to pray for strangers. I did it once. Like there was a girl crying, like in, in obvious, it's just like once or twice I have come across somebody who's like crying and very clearly I'm like, can I pray for you? And I think one time the answer was yes. And one time the answer was no thanks. Mm-hmm. And that was it in general. Yeah. I don't make that. I don't make that my go-to because yeah. I don't like that. And um, so I don't want to feel like I'm forcing that on somebody else, but I, really there's so much personal preference behind that and stuff. So, and that's where the Holy spirit comes in and trying to try to be sensitive, try to use your discernment, try to ask God to help you be discerning Mm -hmm. and -hmm. don't make it be your go-to. But if you feel this prompting and a strong urging, then maybe, maybe it is. I would say the prompting. Yeah. The, the go-to the default, and we've talked about this, like if you get a word from God about somebody else, Mm -hmm. I think the default should always be God has revealed this to me so I can pray like Mm -hmm. on my own. And then if there's a ton of extra nudging, then maybe it might be okay. Now I meant to go and talk to them. But in general, eh. although, like I said, I don't know what it was about that one nurse other than that. She just sounded so compassionate. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, hard to know. It is. Well, good to know though, that it's not automatically like, oh yes, it's a great idea because Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's good information to know. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing before we talk about, you know, just practical praying for caregivers, because this was another question, you know, so basically like Silas is doing great now, like he even skipped a year of junior high, like academically, he's amazing. He's taking college classes as a high school freshman when technically like this year, he's only supposed to be an eighth year. Like he's doing amazing, but like for the first, here's how it went. Like the first months we didn't expect doctors didn't expect him to survive the first few years doctors didn't expect him to you know thrive or have you know he was expected to either die (laughs) in the hospital or to be pretty vegetative from you know just his mental and health standpoint um so obviously he has blown them all away we do absolutely consider it's a completely miraculous healing from the Lord. There's tons of stories there. You can listen to old podcasts. It comes up, you know, regularly. Um, and I so completely lost my train of thought. What was I trying to say? Oh, um, I remember now. <laughs> I just 
just wanted to brag about my kid. No, um, there were years like, you know, I would say the first three to five years, you know, we were like, okay, he's, he's probably going to survive at least, you know, he's not on his deathbed, but we don't know what his cognitive, um, function where it's going to peak. Right. And so we, you know, we started asking very, um, you know, we were confronted. How, how do you present the gospel to somebody who might never understand it? Right. Like if your kid never gets beyond like a two-year-old mental capacity, how do they understand the gospel? Mm -hmm. How does that make sense to them? And what I kind of came to was like, God obviously knows the cognitive capacity for every single one of his children. And where I land on this theological question is if that person accepts Christ to the degree that they are cognitively able, then that is that is how they do it. So yeah, somebody with, um, you know, with Down syndrome, who, who always kind of maintains a, a very young kind of toddler like mentality, maybe they just know Jesus loves them so much. And one day Jesus is going to take them to heaven. In my opinion, that's enough for salvation. Now for, um, a neurotypical, adult. I think you need to know more than that. I think you need to know about how you are a sinner and it is only by God's grace that when you trust him to forgive your sins, that you can be cleansed and that Jesus's work on the cross is what paid the penalty for your sins. And that by putting your faith in that action is how you begin a relationship with the Lord and get saved. But for somebody who, you know, maybe they live into their fifties, but never advanced beyond a toddler mentality. I think that, yeah, Jesus loves me and he's going to take me to heaven one day. Boom. There you go. That's my thought. Well, that's all for today. We had a very long discussion that continues into part two. Next week, we're going to come back and really tackle how to pray for people who are caring for children with special needs. Um, we even jump into a little bit of families, um, who are people that are caring for elderly family members, for those caring for Alzheimer's or other kinds of dementia patients, um, or just other, other kinds of caregiving beyond just caring for children, but definitely come back for part two, because it's going to be great. Um, Alana and I talk a lot. Alana does a lot of the talking because she has such a personal experience with this. And I just love a lot of the insights that she gives the very specific ways that we can be praying. I feel like this last discussion really helped us to have a window into the life of someone caring for a child with special needs and gave us some practical advice, but also just information that's going to fuel our prayers. So come back next week and we will be excited to sit down with you again and continue the discussion. I'm going to close us in prayer. God, we just thank you for this time today. Thank you for this opportunity to have this really important discussion. Father, again, we just lift up every person caring for a child with special needs. We lift up those children with special needs and just ask God that you would just rain down your blessings, that you would just have an outpouring of your goodness and your love and your provision and equip them and comfort them and minister to them and surround them with people that will help to lift them up when they are too weary to, to stand. 
And, and we just thank you for the body of Christ. And we pray that you would activate that body of Christ in the lives of people that need it most and in the lives of these parents caring for children with special needs. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.